Yetron's still here outside. West side. Three five. He be losing friends and finding peace. But honestly, sound like a bad trick of drink, yeah. How about the fucking kid Nick Tronzo? And no, that wasn't even me singing trying to be like cheeky like the kid, man. The fucking kid knows how to lose friends in fantasy. He does. Because he's too good. I mean, I'm playing the kid this week. And I'm scared. Like, this ain't a jerk-off trends episode, but it's like, man. I think it's time to start talking about Jonathan Taylor a fucking baby bit more. See this video? Why Jonathan Taylor is the MVP of fantasy football. Bingo. What what else can you say? I guess don't even have to get into him. Because in my opinion, I 100% agree. I guess if he drops dead in the next couple weeks or something. As of right now, Jonathan Taylor is the number one asset in fantasy, period. Not even close. Like, this guy's insane. So, the Babino got a good one. Put it that way. Put it that way. We're going to get right into it this week because we're rolling into... Week 12, and I mean, when you think about it, got three games left in the season, and there are some teams that are two games back of playoff teams. What this means is these teams that are losing are the bottom four. Um, they're going to have to potentially win out and hope that a team that is currently in playoff seating loses two out of three or three out of three. And uh, I'm not saying that that's impossible, but it's definitely a tough ask. I think that there's a couple teams that have a schedule that could actually help them. I was looking at Sandy's schedule. And I think there's Clark and Rich in there. So that's like two of the bottom four teams right there, record-wise. And you have a chance to maybe win two in a row there and then just hope for the last week. But I don't know. As I said... Um, there is starting to become a little bit of separation in terms of playoff teams and non-playoff teams, but I still think that overall you're... Nobody can write their season off yet. Anything can happen down the stretch here in the last three weeks, so... Dig em. Man, I love that interlude. Elite. Just like me in my predictions last week, fucking elite, five and one. And the only game I got wrong was my own. And like, you can't blame me. The cats are the cats. So yeah, that's not bad. Five and one. Do you know what that makes me on the year now? I think I'm like 37 and 29. Pretty good, dude. No, that's, that's not good enough. I would like to get to an undefeated record this week. I'm going to do it one of these weeks. First game, me versus Bino, Slinker, Trinker. Um, yeah, Trun is going to win. Better team, more heart. The kid's on a rampage. He drops 450 every week. So, I, like I said, I don't think I can keep up with that. Next, we got BG versus Neller. Oh, yeah, BG for sure. Holy Neller, what is going on here? 
then we got Moose versus Legro. Now, this game could actually potentially be a little closer because, I mean, eh, I don't know. It is scary, though, because Legro's running backs are looking a little suspect, and Allen Robinson has Andy Dalton as his quarterback again, and I mean, to be fair, he doesn't have a corner in the lineup, so that could do him a little better if it comes down to it, but I think I'm still going to give this one to Moose just because I think that not really missing much this week. I mean, he's got Michael Carter hurt and obviously Aaron Jones hurt, but other than that, his lineup looks like they're ready to fucking feast out there, Christ. Yeah, I'll give it Moose McLaren football, Philando. Oh, we got the Brewstown B-Dog versus Furley. And, uh, to be fair, I mean, like, these fucking teams are actually kind of matched up decently, I think. Like, they have Mahomes on by, and CeeDee Lamb may not play on Furley's side, which would make it a lot more interesting. Um, I think if those two don't play, I mean, no. If those don't, I don't think Mahomes is going to play on his bye week. Yeah, don't think that's going to happen. So if he doesn't play, you know, Christ. No, but with those two guys out of the lineup, it could be a little tougher for Furley. I think Bruce is going to pick it up. I think Bruce can get it. Now we're moving on to Rich versus Sandy. Hey, I mean... Rich does have Kelsey on by, so that is a pretty tough hit. You'll obviously have to pick up another tight end and slap him in there, not Taysom Hill. And uh, Sandy on his side, he'll be missing Hardman and Christian Kirk, and Christian Kirk's actually been solid. Made a big trade yesterday as well. I was talking, I said, like, if you look at it, Sandy's, Sandy's schedule going forward, he has a chance to maybe make some noise if he can just win. And, I mean, with his team, looking at it the way it is now, I think his team's improving. I mean, his quarterbacks are both real good, fantasy-wise. And Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, Devonta Freeman are three completely fine running backs. Cortland Sutton, Corey Davis, T. Higgins, Sterling Shep. Obviously, you don't really want to see too much of Robbie Anderson, but you have Christian Kirk on by, so it's understandable. But I don't know. I think that... In terms of the bottom teams, like Sandy is, Sandy's making some moves to make himself in a position to make a run. And then last, we got Clark in Knack. And this one actually, gonna, like, it looks real damn close. Clark also made some trades, and we can finally commend Clark because of the trade he made yesterday. Anyway, she ripped the piss cats off for Jerry Judy. But you know what, Clark? I got a not here to call you out, but the night before, I had offered something even way, like, it wasn't way better, but on top of what I had offered him, which was Cortland Sutton, uh, actually it wasn't, it was a complete different deal, to be honest, but it was something along the lines of, uh, Sutton, um, the, the, uh, Titans running backs, Justin Fields, uh, and there was a couple other boys. And Xavier Howard was one of them, just as, a, just as you know, take him, Clark. And now you ain't going to get Xavier Howard because of that. But 
you know what? Well, yeah, overall, I think that Clark's team ain't even in a bad spot either, and I honestly think they're going to win this week. So, I mean, big congratulations to him for finally having a lineup where he doesn't have to start Russell Gage as a starter week in and week out. It'll also be cool to see where Philly Linz ends up. Maybe he can land somewhere fantasy relevant and actually become useful for Clark down the stretch. That's pretty much what he needs. But, other than that, lads, those are the predictions, dude. It is power rankings season. And, uh, you know, hopping in, dude. But, you know, here's the thing. I don't like to ever pick on someone. But, I mean, like, Neller's team this week is, like, non-existent. So, I think it's only fair to put him back-to-back weeks at last place. And I think that's that's what I'm going to do. And I also told Clark I promised him I wouldn't put him last place this week. So, you know what? All is fair. It's all love. I mean, you never know, though. Neller... He's got the fucking whole Cardinals team, and they're all on by. So I don't know what exactly his plan is here, but I would expect he is just going to spread the cheeks open for Brody. But we'll see what happens there. But yes, he is last place in the power rankings this week. Right above him, I put Rich. And I mean, it's not even like Rich's team is uh, like bad. It's... More so the fact that I think, like, he needs Kyler back, man. Because that's just a guy who can pop off and, and really keep you in a game. Especially when it's one of those low-scoring games. and you, you know what I mean? Like, last week when you, you go out there and you drop 234 and you lose by one point. But if you have Kyler Murray playing instead of the zero, you know? Like, it's just he really needs Kyler back. It's boning him. And... Uh, Nothing really much else like he can actually do. He does have enough pieces to even try and make trades, but it comes to a point where it's like, I don't know. It's almost like Kyler got to go if something's going to happen and then maybe try to get a package or something. But it was good on him to pick up Tevin Coleman. Uh, Moose ended up dropping Tevin Coleman the week Michael Carter gets hurt, which is, usually seems to be what happened when you hold on to a handcuff for a while and you're like, ah, I'm fine. Let him go. And the guy fucking breaks his ankle next week, so that's how it goes. And I mean, at least with Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman, he has an extra running back that he can actually plug in there now. Um, and I would actually expect Tony Jones to start for him this week with the news. We will probably get by tomorrow's game. Um, don't think Mark Ingram's playing, and don't think Kamara is playing. Probably going to be Tony Jones' show, which is really useful for Rich. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you love to see it, though. But at number 10, it's the claw man dude. And he does miss Derrick Henry. That is fucking for sure. However, I think that he actually made the good trade. Um, and I honestly think because of that trade, it made his bench a lot better, too. And, like, kind of made him a flow. Like, I'm looking at Philip Lindsay. He's still too intriguing to me. Then you have guys like T.Y. Hilton... Russell Gage, like, Dontrell Hilliard could be something interesting. I don't really know how the Titans are going to go forward using that, but we will see. But it's like his bench is in a lot better place than it was before, and I think that he has enough um, 
And I think Eric Ebron is out for the foreseeable future as well. Friar Moose was always probably the tight end you wanted to start anyway. But at least he seems to be more of a target that Big Ben trusts in that offense. So you know what? I'm not mad at that going forward. Obviously, it's not the prettiest thing, but I think it is a uh, guaranteed, like, at least seven points every week. Can't go wrong. And he is a very um, touchdown-friendly uh, target for Big Ben. I mean, I think we've seen Big Ben target him in the, in, the, in the red zone quite a bit of times. So I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. And at number nine, we have Sandy. I mean... Truth be told, with Sandy, I loved what he did yesterday, too. I mean, and I think I was already looking at the fact that finally those running backs were starting to come back for him. And that just kind of is, like, really pays its dividends. Um, a guy I would think that should be watched on Sandy's team is LaVisca Chenault. And I know LaVisca has actually been a pretty big disappointment this year. Um, but I think that he was supposed to have more of a gadget, not a gadget, but, like, pretty much a gadget type of player role. Um... And Jamal Agnew kind of just comes out of nowhere and completely steals that from him. And Jamal Agnew completely became that guy. Jamal Agnew's done for the year. I expect LaVisca to go right back into that, that spot. I think he'll actually get some fantasy looks now. And it'll be something to keep an eye out for if you're Sandy. So that could actually become a, maybe a flex play down the stretch. Because I think um, with Jamal Agnew out of that picture, absolutely good news for LaVisca. Great news for him. At number eight, we got Knack. It was an ugly win last week, to say the least. And, I mean, AJ Brown, once again, banged up in his game. Don't really know if he's going to go on Sunday. Going to keep an eye on that. But when you have, like, Devin Singletary and Dwayne Washington as two of your three starting running backs, you know it's going to be a tough week out there. And I think that alone is even impressive to be projected 330 around there. I mean, it's like a zero on the board. So, you know, like that's... But that's the thing where, like, the depth really just got him. Um, for his sake, it's probably better that... Like, I don't think Jared Goff with a strained oblique or what... I don't even know what an oblique is. Is it like something in your hip or something? Like, I don't fucking know what that is. I don't care what it is either because there's no fucking way he could be any worse than Tim Boyle out there. Like, there's no way. There actually is simply no way. I've seen Jared Goff play. I know he's a pile of shit, but I know he's not that big of a pile of shit. Like, I know it. Detroit probably doesn't care because they're just like, holy fuck, this Tim Boyle guy is so good at losing his games. We should have just rolled with him. But you got to make it look less obvious with Goff in there, of course. Um, Goff at least could be good for 15 points, which is, you know, fuck, like, over 10 more points than what Tim Boyle got. So, I mean, go a long way when you're in games winning by one point. Is that a Cowboys place to Donovan Wilson, 100 reserve wide receiver? Don't know who Donovan Wilson is. Thought it was Cedric Wilson, but all right. Sorry, Donovan. Hate to hear it. Moving on into number seven, staying put from last week is Benny. He's got the real three strong running backs. Stephon Diggs has seemed to find his groove late in the year, which is ideal. Um, Hunter Renfro is still, I mean, pretty sturdy and solid freaking player. It's 
Not and here's the crazy thing about Hunter Renfro. Not one game this year has he had under ten points. Consistency is key. Not a single game he has hit ten points. Or under ten points. There has been two games where he's had. Oh, sorry, safety Donovan Wilson. The guy just corrected himself. I was gonna say I don't know there's a receiver Donovan Wilson. I know Seti though. Seti's nice with it. He's got a bomb with an arm too. Fuck. But <clears throat> two games out of the year, Hunter Renfro has had ten point five. Every other game he's been over that. So I mean I think it's like nothing at all to be worried about when you have to throw Renfro and even if whatever you consider him a wide receiver three a flex at least you know he's consistent enough to get on the board. And you really have to hope that maybe Curtis Samuel could be on his way back. Um, Jamison Crowder probably was like a pretty good surprise last week, but I picked the wrong Jets receiver to do well. I think I said Corey Davis, and it was Crowder who Flacco was, uh, and Elijah Moore who Flacco was uh, targeting out there. So um, <clears throat> I think with Zach Wilson in the mix, maybe things will change, but um, we'll see. I mean, like I said, it's been. A little bit of a uh, a gap since we've seen Zach Wilson play. I don't know if maybe him sitting and being able to watch, um, just you know, dive into film and stuff for the last of like few weeks while he's been out, maybe could have helped him. Um, maybe bringing in. I know. Here's another thing, right? I was talking to this with a couple of guys last night. Um, you know, Flacco looked pretty good out there last week, but it was more so of a fact that. Flacco is probably on FA for so long just because it's known he doesn't go to teams to help the young quarterbacks. He does no interest in mentoring anyone or anything like that. So I was wondering if maybe Flacco being there for the last few weeks and and Wilson kind of being able to sit back and watch, maybe he would, you know, maybe you would see a little bit of improvement down the stretch and maybe the receivers would benefit from that. But I really don't know because I know Flacco is notorious for not giving a fuck. And here's the thing. We all know Zach Wilson and Drew Locke look like they could be fucking brothers. Like frat brothers or some shit, you know what I mean? And I can guarantee you that Joe Flacco is looking at fucking Zach Wilson and he's having Vietnam flashbacks to horse cock Locke stealing his job. I mean, put it this way, man. I don't blame him. I'd be pissed too if the cock stole my job, but... It's a little different now when we're talking about, like, the second overall pick in the draft, you know? Um, and, like, it was the same thing with Lamar, another first-round pick. I, I think, like, you got to just accept it if you're flax. But um, with Zach Wilson starting now, I don't know what that means for Crowder, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. <clears throat> if I had to go off of what we've seen, I would think Corey Davis is the one who benefits the most out of that. But yet remains to be seen. But... At number six, we got Leg. And I mean, really, the thing with Legro is the running backs, man. I mean, and this week, he's really going to need Tyreek. And, of course, he just doesn't have Tyreek there for him. Um, it was absolutely a question as to whether we would see <clears throat> Odell um, actually look good in his first game back. I don't think you can really expect that. Um, it wasn't like he looked terrible. I think it's more of a fact that he needs to gel in this offense he needs to find his place in this offense and I think they can't just 
forced the ball to Odell because they brought him in. I mean, I don't think they're going to try and do that, but there were a couple plays that I'm just like, I don't know, man, you know? And it's just, I don't want them to become an offense that thinks that Odell needs targets every game. Like, we have to get, like, you absolutely, it is a good idea, but keep your offense the exact same way it is. Do not change what was working, and don't try to become something you aren't. Cleveland literally had destroyed what they were because of a lot of plays of them trying to force the ball to Odell Beckham. Let it just happen. And I mean, you know, you can't force the ball to him thinking this is the same 2014 version of Odell. We haven't seen that in a long time. You've got to have to just let it flow. And I mean, I think that Odell is a receiver in this league that's like a wide receiver three. I think you can maybe get away with that. But with um, this week coming up, it's, the receivers are looking rough for Lagro. So I think that it's going to be a big game for him. A loss, though, could hurt him in the power rankings. But not that it matters. It's just fucking me. At number five, the Cats of Piss jumping up a few spots. Um, and honestly, we made some trades that I'm a fan of. Wouldn't argue that I lost the Judy deal. But that just goes without saying. Like, if you have a player who I am determined to get. Like, I don't give a fuck. Um, this fantasy season, it wasn't really... It's not over. And, you know, who knows? There could be an idea. Like, Judy could snap his ankle again. And then I literally gave all those pieces away for nothing. And that is the risk I take when I... You know, same thing with Chase Claypool, right? If Chase Claypool would have been done for the year and I just gave Neller, like, Renfro, E-Man, like, all these guys that I gave him. I mean, there was a couple of shitters in there, too. Don't get it twisted. But, you know, Mark Ingram was one of them. He's turned out to be pretty good. So... I think it's you got to be careful with deals like that. So I'm obviously throwing my eggs into one basket and Judy. But I wanted to treat myself. I felt like I haven't <clears throat> just went out there and said like... I mean, you know, everyone's got their own opinions. But when I've made my deals, this was the one deal where I said... I know for a fucking fact I ain't even close to winning this shit. But I deserve it. I deserve to have Judy on my team because I've wanted it since the draft. I've been harassing fucking Ferlano for about months and months. And now Budge... He even warned Clark that Joey is going to come attacking you the second this trade goes through. Uh, and yeah, it happened. So you know what? I think I like the team. Maybe a couple minor tweaks here and there going forward. But the Cats are looking like this is what it's going to be for the playoffs if we make it. But at number four, at seven and four, Furley. Um, this week will be a test for him because... Mahomes finally broke that shell in a couple weeks ago and just popped off with that huge game that won Furley. And that's why you draft a guy like Mahomes. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, foot, knee, left shoulder, not practicing today. I mean, come on. At what point do you shut the fucking guy down? Come on. It's not even like when he's completely healthy that he's like that fucking disgusting either. Like, I'd say he's above average, but it ain't like the guy is a fucking, you know, elite, elite. I understand the fact that if you think he's a better leader or competitor or whatever you want to look at it from a football standpoint but i just think on the actual field he's hurting the team right now way more than case could be helping them so so i see that but with mac 10 and matt ryan it's going to be interesting um can mac live up to that fucking performance against cleveland he went into atlanta and it wasn't as pretty i think you really would like to see him you know 
get you over 30 points. If you can get a Mac in there and he gets you over 30 points, like just run with it and take it. But overall, I mean, I think he made the right move. He had to try and change something. And like, look at the receivers now. They're still so impressive when C.D. Lamb is back. It's Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, C.D. Lamb. Jordan Howard being out, though, for him is a blow. Having to start Alex Collins instead of Chris Carson is obviously not what you expected when you made that trade either. So they're having a couple hiccups. But overall... I think we can look at this year and say, like, Furley has done a complete 180. And uh, it's nice to see because, you know, obviously when someone joins the league, it is truly expected they will have to learn the nuances and everything that comes with our league. There's a com- our fantasy league is not like other fantasy leagues. We all know that. It's like a complete, like, you can't even almost call it fucking fantasy football because we just have that much changing. Like, to be honest... It's really tough to fucking see Furley not making the playoffs. Like I think it's pretty much impossible at this rate. So it's a nice it's a nice turn of events for him after last year. At number three is the other seven and four team at BG. And um let's be real, you got four running backs who are solid now, especially with Kareem Hunt coming back. You got Jalen Hurts and Kirkler, two solid fantasy QBs. And then the receivers, you got DJ Moore, Jamar Chase, Eli Moore. And then you got guys like, like this is a really, really strong team. And absolutely, um, think it does say um, 100% playoff percentage for Brody. So it, it seems like it, he's clinched according to the app. I, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it that much. But <clears throat> it also says Neller has 0%. But, like, what if Neller wins his next three and then someone who's six and five loses their next three? Like, Neller would have more wins, you know? So I don't understand how that works. But um, I think BG's team overall is actually looking a lot better now with some injuries clearing up and having those running backs like... Like, Gaskin, Hunt, Javante. Those might have been, like, three back-to-back-to-back picks in the third round, to be honest. So I don't, I don't really exactly know um, how fucking you pull off getting, like, three guys like that. Who, but, like, over time making trades and I think BG kind of fixed his roster because there were a couple injuries he was dealing with early on that were kind of shafting him. And, I mean, the sooner Trey Lance takes over, if you can get to a point where Trey Lance... I know it'll be hard to sit Kirk, but if you can get to a point where Trey Lance and... Jalen Hurts are your quarterbacks. Like, the rushing upside there is just crazy. It's like having two fucking extra running backs on your team that can throw as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that's something I'm going to keep an eye on for down the stretch. It does kind of look unlikely. <clears throat> but, I mean, Jimmy does have an injury history. I would never rule that out. But BG's team's looking strong. Probably a playoff lock, I'd say. According to the app, he is. So. And then you got Moose at number two. Moose's team is still strong. Um, losing Michael Carter this for a few weeks is probably going to hurt him a bit, but uh, then he, you know, Rex Burkhead uh, just comes out of nowhere and looks like he just dominated touches out there in Houston. Not dominated touches, but I mean, like, out of nowhere, it kind of became fantasy relevant, and you were like, well, if Michael Carter's hurt for a bit, I'll throw in Rex. I, I really have to. Don't think it's that big of a hit to him. Team is still extremely, extremely dangerous. As he proved it last week, too, right? I mean, like, 
you can easily have guys who just absolutely pop off for him. And I think it was nice to finally see A-Rod get, like, a fucking extremely impressive game. That's what you draft guys, like, in high rounds for, for quarterbacks, right? So you need that. I think Russ has been a disappointment this year above all else. So um, it'll be something to see if, if he decides to change there. But then... <clears throat> Excuse me, boys. It's like the voice is going, but at number one, it's the Babino, the Trino, the Slink Master. I don't got much to say. I do think it's, you know, points four wise and everything. I think the argument's pretty easy to be made that uh, Trinkler is the best. He's the best around. Now it's time for the segment where I, the kid who sits in his room all day and rips tokes, tells you what professional athletes are going to do fucking shit at their job on Sunday. Or Thursday, or Monday, or whenever the hell they play. It's a great segment. But last week, I said Ramondre Stevenson was going to do well. I was actually pretty confident in that because I was kind of feeling myself last week with a, with a couple of these well shits, wasn't I then, huh? That's not ideal. But I mean, Ramondre Stevenson, I definitely expected to see more from him, but 21 points is not the worst thing in the world, but I was definitely uh, hoping to see more of like a 50 bomb like he dropped against Cleveland, but no, not the fucking case, dude. <clears throat> I also said Corey Davis would do well and Flacco would do well. Flacco did do well. Corey Davis, not so much. I don't even like how exactly he was involved out there. It, it, it was Flacco instead of, uh, did get seven targets. Just really probably couldn't convert them. Well, not the worst, but I've done a lot better. Dante Foreman, I said, would do shit. Yeah, he did do shit because Dontrell Hilliard comes absolutely out of nowhere and makes and just gets way more points than Foreman. Like, I was choked. But then I said Tyrod Taylor. Um, that one I actually don't know, so let me go check. Ty God, he got twenty nine, and I can't go back and really say like w- what I said, but he did have two rushing touchdowns, which probably saved his game. Uh, he would have been like under twenty if you take that shit away or something, but. You know, probably did better than I thought. And I did say Zach Moss would do shit. And if I am remembering correctly, he got zero. We got that right, boys. We got that right. That feels good. Let's get into it this week. My first well. Um, he has been a disappointment this year. I will say that. I know that there has been some outliers that, uh, of situations that have hurted him. But, like, DK Metcalf, man. <clears throat> It's, it's been a while since he's went over 40 points. We're looking almost at two months here. Wow. And um, for someone who's a big play machine like DK Metcalf, we're just not accustomed to that. Obviously, in that time, Geno Smith was his quarterback for a lot of the time. But since Russ has come back, it still doesn't seem like something's clicking there. So um, I think if there's a week, it's going to happen. It'll be this week against Washington secondary. So, yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, it wasn't really even like... Um, he wasn't getting looks. It's just kind of like stuff's not like connecting whenever they take shots and stuff. But this week, he's going over 40. DK Metcalf over 40. There's a prediction. Next, I got Mac 10. He's playing the Titans D, and honestly, man, 
don't really think like they've been anything to write home about. Ow, fuck, I just drilled my knee, man. Oh, I honestly almost dislocated my kneecap. It almost like, shot up my damn fucking thigh. I hit it against a, a knob on my dresser. Oh, cock. Damn. That hurts. Mac Jones, though, he's going to do well. I'm telling you, boys, he's going to fucking do well. I don't even know what I was saying. My knee's throbbing in fucking pain. My last, well, is Cam Newton. Because I should have started him last week. I got scared. I pussied out and made a mistake. Made me pay. He's on a new team now. The buds, the fuckers, whatever you want to call them. And I mean, let's be real. I mean, my opinion, Cam Newton is a quarterback one. And I won't even care. Like, you know, I mean, he's a QB one. He just had a fucking full like, year of rest here. He's coming in like at the end of the season on the fantasy football stretch. Healthy. And he still can run. He can still do, like, this offense is built for him. This offense, like, when you can actually, um, I wouldn't say Sam Darnold can't run. Because, right, he was doing a lot of rushing touchdowns at the start of the year. He was actually leading the league at one point. But you cannot keep fooling a team running read options with Sam Darnold. I, the amount of times last week that C-Mac and, and, and Cam are running the option, you have to pick one of these guys. You know how? It's a lot harder of a task um i'm excited as fucking hell to watch cam down the stretch so of course i'm picking him to do well he's going off for shit my qb2 big ben like come on he dreamt for 40 last week that's his season high ain't no way the guy's living up to that he's gonna drop back down he's gonna score 18 points this weekend you heard it here another this is a first two players on the same team, who have the same first name. Well, maybe Benny and Ben are considered different, but Benny Snell. And you're like, who the fuck is starting Benny Snell? Well, just go look at Neller's fucking team. He's starting. It's fair game to say he's going to do shit. That's all I can say. And my last shit is Rex Burkhead. Um, I don't know why, to be exact, but I think that Royce Freeman is going to outtouch Rex Burkhead this week. Oh, maybe because I traded him for Devontae Booker and now he's going to become fantasy relevant. I don't know. Anything can happen in the world of fucking legend of boom fantasy football. Bunch of fucking whack jobs in this league. But I'm the best whack job of them all. And without further ado, that is the end of the episode. Next week will be lucky week number 13. And also, I deserve a lot of fucking credit because I've just went three months in a row without missing an episode. I'm fucking different.